What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith from ESPN. This is former world champion boxer Showtime Sean Porter. Hey, this is Booby Gibson. I'm Josh Creed. Hi, this is Joe Tate, voice of the Cleveland Cavaliers. And you're listening to Sports Power Talk. You listen to Sports Power Talk. And keep listening, or it'll be wham with a right hand. Ladies and gentlemen, live from the University of Akron, WZIP Sports presents the best sports talk show this side of Lake Erie. No question, with all due respect. This is Sports Power Talk. With the latest in sports news. Your Akron Zips are the 2022 MAC champions. The Zips have defeated the Kent State Electric Chicken. In-depth analysis. Astrology for women is equal to what Joe Rogan is for men. <laughs> have you ever tried DMT? <laughs> and of course, the hottest takes. He's just bad. Let me tear your labrum and you can go on the You know what? <laughs> it's only game. Why you have to be mad? Just the same old Browns! You know, bro. Hold bitch. I think that was textbook top cheese. Cleveland! This is for you! From the best that Ohio sports has to offer. To the best of the Akron Zips. Now, it's time for SPT. Good morning, SPT enthusiasts from near and far. Whether you are listening on the airwaves here in Akron, Ohio, or the Radio FX app anywhere in the country, welcome to the best sports talk show there is, was, and ever will be live from the University of Akron. It's Sports Power Talk right here on WZIP. My name is Logan Congrove, and I am your host of this fine American talk show. And joining me today are two personalities that could not differ more from each other, making for a pretty dynamic SBT groove. First up, making only his third appearance on SBT, WZIP Sports' MLB super analyst, a gentleman with a future brighter than the brightness on an elderly person's cell phone. He is Mr. Jonathan Harsh. Jonathan, how are you doing this fine morning? Oh, I'm doing great. Very excited to be here, and thank you for all the comments, sir. Really of course. <laughs> and also joining me on these airwaves today, he is the NFL widow, the pretty much every team, every league widow, the guy with every NFL jersey known to man, the grooviest man in Akron. He is Mr. Marcus Anderson. They might as well call me Mr. Throwback. <laughs> Marcus, what is, we'll definitely get into this later, but what would you, what is the favorite, what's your favorite jersey you own before we get into anything? Your well, favorite one you own? Oh, my favorite one? I'll probably say my Randall Cunningham. Yeah? Randall Cunningham. Okay. <laughs> Jonathan, you got any cool jerseys? Uh, I got a Kobe Bryant jersey, a throwback, so I would say that's my probably my favorite. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> Guys, we got a stacked show for you today. We're going to be talking MLB for the first hour, then get into the ESPYs, NBA Summer League, and NBA headlines in the second hour. Nothing that you're going to want to miss. So let's get right into it, talking about the MLB, starting off with the trade deadline coming up following the All-Star break. What are some of your predictions, guys? First, let's hit on Shohei Otani first. The Angels obviously falling out of contention with the injury to Mike Trout. Lots of rumors going around about where Shohei Otani could end up. What is your predictions for his future? Um, so I believe he won't get moved, honestly, just because I, I just think the price is going to be too high for a player of his caliber. I mean, he's been no doubt the best player in baseball, in my opinion, and I don't think like any team in baseball has the assets and like prospects to go get a guy like that, especially since he's potentially a rental player for any team that gets him. Yeah, definitely. He's going to be a hard player to try to get off the market. And I think the Angels, like, no matter what, is going to keep him for life. I think he's going to retire as an Angel. If if possible, maybe the Yankees try to do something. Maybe. 
honestly, because they got they already got too many stars on their roster. Maybe they could pull something off. <laughs> yeah, I think I could see the Angels moving him, but I agree with Jonathan. I think the the price is going to be very very high. But like you mentioned, there's some teams that may be looking at him for a rental. So let me pose two questions for you. One. If you are a team like the Yankees or the Mets or the Padres, are you taking Shohei as a rental? Um, honestly, I would just because these teams in their own heads believe at least that they're always contending. So I don't really see the Yankees making a move, but I can see like the Mets and Padres. I think they've been like trying to get superstar players like anytime they come available. So I could see those teams uh, making a push to try to get them. I mean, MLB baseball, when it comes to, like, finances or trying to trade for a player, I mean, anything is possible. People thought that Ken Griffey was untouchable. People thought that Bryce Harper was untouchable. And now look where they end up going to. And people thought that Stan was untouchable. So in baseball, anything could pretty much happen. And look at the contract that um, look at, look at the contract that Lindor, is, Lindor got. With the Mets, so pretty much anything is possible in, ma- in the major leagues. Anything is definitely possible without a salary cap. I, yeah, for sure. I, th- I agree as well. I think that the potential to have Shohei as a rental for a team like the Padres, the Mets, the Yankees, those type of major teams that are willing to spend the money could be very beneficial to whatever team that is trying to make a push. My second question is, if you're the Guardians, are you taking Shohei as a rental? Uh, that's a tough one, honestly. I mean... Honestly, I would, but it, it's, it depends on the price, and I just think the Guardians wouldn't be able to give an Angels a deal to where they would uh, be willing to trade Otani there. I agree. I think what the Guardians are not a good enough team that Shohei would even matter to have him as a rental. Like, he would obviously improve yeah. the Guardians yeah, a lot, for sure. but for what we'd have to give up, and especially it being a rental, I don't know how much yeah, I mean, the how much does that affect. They're already yeah. if they you take them out, we'll talk a lot about the Guardians later, but if you if you yeah. take the Guardians out of the AL Central, they are a bottom tier team. Yeah, definitely. And besides yeah, that, Cleveland is one of the cheapest teams in the MLB for a long time. So yeah. Yeah. I just think I don't know how much of a difference that really makes, especially the only reason that the Guardians are in contention at all is because of how bad their division really is. Yeah. yeah. Worst division in all the major leagues. Absolutely. They're they're just not I don't see I don't see the worth I don't see the return in getting Shohei as a rental. It's not something that I think benefits the Guardians immediately. Plus, then you end up losing him and then we're just in the hole even more cuz they're not going <laughs> to he's going to get the richest contract oh. in sports history yeah. and it's right. not going to be from the mm. Cleveland Guardians. That's no. that is absolutely for sure. Sticking with the trade deadline though, who do you think should be a buyer and seller? Do you guys have any teams that might might be in the market or looking to just blow it up? Uh I would say the Mets, the Cardinals, or the White Sox. Some teams that have disappointed. I could see them making some moves and trading some of their better players. Like the White Sox, a couple of their starting pitchers, I feel like they could uh, move and try to get some valuable assets. And the Mets, I mean, they have so many uh, players that could be valuable in trades, I feel like. Yeah, I feel like Baltimore might try to do some because it's like since last year being – a couple games uh, just missing the playoffs, and now they're in the now they're in second place. Uh, baseball's toughest division, best division, as a matter of fact, and mm-hmm. in need of a star. I think 
I think a blockbuster trade, they may be like a star away from actually becoming some special, maybe like the newest monster of the major leagues. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. What about, do you think that the Guardians should be buyers or sellers, especially in this weird position that they're in? Yeah, that's a tough one. I don't think they will trade Shane Bieber, honestly. Um, I don't really see him doing much at the trade deadline, to be honest. I think they're going to do what they did last year and don't make any trades. That's unfortunate. Yeah, I got yeah, a feeling they might. I got a feeling they might tank. And like, I'm talking about like being like the Pirates for the past three oh. years. I'm talking about that kind of tanking because oh, it's because like, <laughs> you know how cheap they yeah. always been. They they never keep yeah. their stars like Carlos from Carlos Santana to Lindor. To like they, Yazo oh, Pui. Yeah. I mean, I mean, honestly, <laughs> the Lindor thing worked out. The Lindor yeah. thing yeah, worked out. Yeah. I mean, it did. Because I was yeah. mad when it happened, too. But I mean, he's, yeah, he's he's nothing special may, now. Maybe Lazarus won that trade. Maybe Lazarus was perhaps just a fluke, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Sticking with baseball. Jonathan, actually, you mentioned it. What teams that you think have been underperforming have the best chance to make a return to prominence in this season? Who has the best chance to push, maybe make some moves at the deadline, to make sure that they're still a relevant team at the so, end of the season. I would say the San Diego Padres, I mean, the expectations were already high for them already, and they've been below 500 so far. I mean, this is a team that has a plus 35 run differential as of now, and, I mean, the pitching hasn't been too bad, honestly. They got, they got the guys to get the job done, and when you look at their lineup, I mean, they got a bunch of stars on their team, a lot of solid hitters, a lot of... Uh, star power and power hitters and it's hard to imagine them uh finish finishing up the season with a losing record marcus uh, i think the team that's been most un- most disappointing so far this season has been the cardinals pretty much and also the the yankees i mean two of the highest two of the highest teams last year are just underperforming and the biggest mm-hmm. upset has got to be the rangers taking first place over the astros in the AL West. I mean, that's got to be the biggest surprise so far this season, without a doubt. And then also, you got the Diamondbacks chasing the Dodgers. Oh, yeah. But I think, like, my team to watch out for, I wouldn't say, like, a dark horse contender for the World, for a World Series appearance, but more like a rattlesnake contender, and that would be the <laughs> Milwaukee Brewers. Ooh, okay. I mean, oh, yeah, okay. the Milwaukee Brewers. I mean, they show you uh, day after day why they're the best pitching rotation in all of baseball, why they're the best defensive team in all of baseball, and and it seems like they make their work. It seems like that's the only thing they need. Everybody else, they feel like they need big hitters, heavy hitters. They feel like they, they feel like they always say like in baseball, it's all about getting on base. But mm-hmm. with the Brewers, it's the contrary. Absolutely, yeah, that's agree. a good dark horse pick. I didn't even think about the <laughs> Brewers. Yeah, I mean, yeah. rattlesnake. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> I think I would agree. Um, I would also say the Padres might have a chance. Just because they do have such a strong lineup, it's just mm-hmm. it hasn't clicked yeah. yet. Soto, Soto has not lived up to what they are at, got for him or were wanting oh, out of yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. But you mentioned the Cardinals. The Cardinals. Do you think that they should be selling, or do you think that they should try and fix this? Uh, I think they should try to fix their roster a little bit. I mean, I wouldn't trade guys like Nolan Arenado or Paul Goldschmidt. But I would try to bulk up their rotation, I would say, and get like a few more hitters on that on that lineup for them. Yeah, I would try to fix this. I mean, 
it's unexplainable of the position there right now, dead last in the NL Central. Yeah. yeah. There's no excuse what the type of roster they have. There was a report that the Guardians could potentially be interested in Goldschmidt. Are you buying into that? Uh, nah, not really. I, it's hard to imagine them getting him. I just don't, again, he's not going to end up getting paid by the Guardians. <laughs> What's the point in giving up all your prospects for a guy that's going to leave? And then he does he really make that much of a difference? I mean, uh, I mean, he adds a bat to the lineup. Great hitter, great fielder. Yeah. I think that I I agree with you, John, and then I just don't see the Guardians really doing all that much. And if they do, (laughs) it's not going to make too much of a difference. They're they're just in such a bad division, man. They're in such a bad division. It's hard. It's hard to like accurately put together how they are performing this season when the the division is so bad because it's just them and the Twins and. The Guardians are barely 500, barely, mm-hmm. and they're pushing that now, which we'll get into as well in our second segment. But I think there's no reason for them to really make too many moves at the deadline because it's not going to change much. Mm-hmm. And it th- I mean, this Rangers series has been bad. The Rangers series has yeah, been really yeah, bad. Yeah, sure. But like Marcus yeah, mentioned, but... the Rangers are a very, very good I team know. this year. So oh, I'm not. Yeah. I, I wasn't expecting much out of this series, especially with the the Guardian killer Aroldis Chapman on their roster now. Right. I I don't oh, I man. don't like that guy. Oh man. <laughs> hundred miles per hundred miles per hour on his balls every day. Like uh, he is yeah. ridiculous. Marcus clowned me. I went to South Carolina and I purchased an Anthony Rizzo Cubs jersey. Oh my oh. goodness. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I I really liked the jersey, but Marcus texted me back yeah. and said, Nice jersey. Terrible player. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Jersey. How much was it at least? Forty five. Not bad though. Yeah, Forty five. It was bad. it's maj- yeah. it was a majestic one. It's got the big I mean, cub as- on it. That's the same price you'll find it on eBay or somewhere mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's got not it bad. At, I got it at some sports shop down there. It was it was cool. I like the logo and can wear it out, but not in Cleveland. <laughs> not yeah, in Cleveland. No. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, let's talk a little bit about the All Star Game. This is obviously going to be our main topic of this segment. The National League won the All Star Game for the first time in a decade, but the ratings for the All Star Game were again a record low. They've been dropping every single season. What What do you make? Why do you think that the All-Star Game is such a non-spectacle? Because if you look at other sports, I'm not talking about the NFL Pro Bowl. That's not That's not even in the same discussion. Yeah. That's that no All-Star that Game. Don't even say that <laughs> that, that's not an All-Star Game. I'm talking MLB, NBA, even NHL All-Star Games wow. that people like look forward to in their in their time. Why is it that such a major league, supposedly to some, the most prominent sports league? That there is. Why is their All Star Game so low in value? Uh, I would say it's just it's been the same for years. They haven't really tried to do anything new or try much. Honestly, it's. I mean, honestly, I think it's more difficult for them to create some more fun and exciting for this All Star Game than it would be for other All Star Games. But like, I think they haven't done enough or made an effort to really uh, change much for the All Star Game to make it more exciting and make um, bring viewers and a better audience <clears throat> for it. I mean, it's surprising to hear. I mean, there's nothing changed about it. It's been the same since the seventies, eighties, and nineties when the this this All Star Game has been as finest and still got the All Star Derby and I'm on home run derby. It's just. I don't know what the guy changed. It was just nice to see the players there. I think that's 
that's the case, maybe fans are just more interested of hearing who is there. Pretty much, it's nice to see a lot of Diamondbacks there, a lot of a lot of Rangers there, a lot. Of, for yeah. A lot of people that you're not familiar with hearing pretty much, and the same old stars like Ronald Acuna and also Jose Ramirez, Guerrero Jr., and players like that, Shoei Otani. Yeah. So I don't know what else they got to do, honestly. You know, we talked about this last week, and I'll, I'll get your guys' opinion on it too. Like you mentioned, ton of Rangers in the lineup, ton of Braves in the lineup. Yeah, is this is fan, vote, is fan voting a problem? Because I think it absolutely is. If that's if we're going to have eight players from the same team and they're all starting, why are you paying for an All Star game? You're just paying for a Rangers game at that point. You're paying for a Braves game. Why? What can the what can the MLB do to fix this? Because the NBA used to have the same problem. I said this last week with Pat. The NBA had the same problem. Yeah, they would get. Yeah. I mean, if you remember exactly. the years when the Warriors had like all four guys, Zaza Pachulia was getting votes. For yeah. the NBA, and the NBA is obviously not going to allow yeah. Zaza Pachulia to be in the NBA All Star Game starting five. I still don't know how Andrew Wiggins ever made to All Star Game. That's another, one. Starter, That's another great right, example. Yeah. That's a yeah, great example. Starter, yeah. So, what can the MLB do to fix the problem of eight guys being on the same roster and they're all starting? I think give the rights to all players, owners, and managers the right to vote too, and have their have their huge share of who should get in or not. Honestly, because sometimes, sometimes these fans like sometimes don't know what they're talking about. Sometimes the way you know don't know the game of baseball like you should. So yeah, yeah, I would say they should do something uh, similar to the NBA, where you have like the two top vote getters like be the captains and uh, have them choose the teams instead of like having the teams. Um have all the fans like I don't like the fans having all the votes like I agree with you I think that the players managers even owners should have more of a say and the the fan percentage of voting should be lowered in my opinion just like the majority should be towards the players and the staff and also I think they should I should think they should wear the team that they play for that uniform instead and not wear all yes. the same uniform. I was just going to bring that like, up. I think it uh, will better represent the players and be a better representation of themselves. And I think it'd be more unique and you would know who the players are because I was seeing things on like, social media saying they didn't even know who some of these guys are <laughs> because they could they didn't know a team they played for and stuff like that. So I think the MLB could change that too. I really did not like the jerseys this year either. Nah, I didn't mean either. They, very bland. Actually, I'm going to toss this one to you, Marcus. What did you not like about the MLB jerseys this year? What do you actually, what's your take on MLB All-Star Game jerseys? Do you like them, period? And why didn't you like this year's if you didn't? I mean, it's just Our a jersey cop- analyst over here. I mean, it's basically a model of the Seattle Mariners jerseys. I mean, it was just plain, boring, and it, it needs something new, like, at least the Pro Bowl and the NBA R Star jerseys, they they actually bring some creativity to theirs to their mm-hmm. jerseys. Yeah. It's like and baseball, it's nothing special about their R Star jerseys. Honestly, it's and it's not the first time they try to do this. I have a their R Star jerseys model after a certain team. Cleveland's, they tried to do this before. Cleveland's like, had back a guitar in across them <laughs> yeah. for Cleveland. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah, I think. I, they need to adopt that same policy of going back to everybody wearing the same jersey. That's a great yeah. point too yeah, by really Jonathan that the how like if I'm because 
I will fully admit I'm a very casual baseball fan. So watching the All Star game, I'm looking at these these names come by, and I'm like, who is that? Who is that? Who is that? If you don't play, if you're not some major name or you don't play for the Guardians, I'm not going to recognize you unless you're wearing <laughs> right, a team. There's no way. And especially when the jerseys are ugly, they are. Those were they the hat the helmets were even worse with just like an A or an L or an A or an N on them. Yeah. They just looked like they slapped letters on them before the game. It was looked like Mariners helmets with oh let's put an A let's put an N. That's exactly what it looked like. It looked so effortless. It looked so boring, and you can't identify anybody. My other problem with the All Star game, and if you guys agree with this or not, let me know. They pull players way too early. Like the star players come out in like the third inning, and that's when. I absolutely lose interest as a casual baseball fan. And the NBA All-Star game, they play the whole game. In the Pro Bowl even, they play at least 75-80% of the yeah. game. There's no pulling your your people out right at the beginning. As a fan, what does that do for you when they pull players out? I mean, it makes me not want to watch it. Right. It makes me disinterested. It's It's not, especially... Fan voting, right? These are the people we voted to be in this game, and you're going to pull them out like two minutes. And that's when I really start mm-hmm. losing the names. I really start not caring who's in the game. And then you like, I who was who was the MVP? I don't even remember who the MVP. I'm going to have to look it up before we talk about it because I don't even remember who it was. It was the guy from the Rockies. Yeah, I didn't even know who he was. I, no the clue, game. <laughs> no idea. I my MVP pick would have been. Uh, I, I always mispronounce his name, and Jake Marinigo's going to clown me if I do, so I'm just not going to say it. He was the guy from um, the White Sox, I think. It was either the White Sox or the Mariners. It wasn't Julio Rodriguez. He has a really long last name, really long last name. I don't know how to really pronounce I, it. I can't, yeah. You, you know who I'm talking about. That that would have yeah. been my pick. <laughs> it's. Um, For the All-Star game, Jose Ramirez, obviously, he got the – he was at the end of the game. He was the last out. How do you think Jose performed in the All-Star game? I mean, he did good. I mean, he got a hit. And I heard, like, before that, he was, like, 5 for 9 in All-Star plate appearances, which, I mean, it's pretty impressive for the All-Star game. I was really uh, hoping he would uh, get a hit in that last at-bat. But, I mean, it is what it is. Just, <laughs> I mean, it's just the All-Star game. I think Jose showed that he should be a starter. And... He does great as always. Yeah, I mean, it was just great to have him just be in there. Sometimes, yeah, yeah. sometimes you don't really care about the All Star game and stuff. You just care about who's there, pretty much, because uh, yeah, it is yeah. a great honor of being there. Because that's just a validation of you being one of the best at all of baseball. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. While we're on the topic of Jose Ramirez, Shohei Otani's comments on Jose Ramirez. How to, for those of you who don't know what these comments were, end of the game, they're interviewing Shohei Otani. And they ask him, who were you most excited to play with in this All-Star game? He, he speaks, his translator says, Jose Ramirez, immediately. As a Guardians fan, how does that make you feel? Um, just makes me happy that we have uh, an MVP caliber player like that and a player that got a lot of guys respect and want to see. Like, I, I think it's really exciting. I mean, there's no speculation spark from this if that's what you're trying to say. But <laughs> yeah, it's just, say, yeah. Guardians Twitter is is crazy. Yeah, people are going crazy now. Yeah, the like, people trying to make some of it. I mean, that just shows that you got respect from some of the biggest players, biggest names in the game. That that's just all. That's just big respect right there. Oh yeah. That's that's respect being put on his name. That's all. <laughs> and I think that's good for the Guardians that you have guys like that 
talking about players that we have on our roster, oh, yeah. our small market roster. It brings attention to the Guardians and makes it makes me feel like maybe there are guys out there that want to come to the Guardians. We just don't pay them. Yeah. That's the, that's the thing. Yeah, There's yeah. got to be a lot of guys that want to come play on the Guardians, come play for Tito, <laughs> but nobody we won't pay them. So it doesn't matter. Another All-Star Game topic was the Home Run Derby. Of course, Vladimir Guerrero wins. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. wins it this year. He was my pick to win it originally, honestly. I I just had a feeling he's such a big bat. And then the story about him and his dad, they're the first father-son duo to ever win the Home Run Derby. What did you guys make of this year's Derby? Was it any more or less interesting than past years? Um, I would say it was around the same. I I always I like the home run derby. That's actually something I'll watch and look mm-hmm. forward to. And I'm so glad he won. Especially I like I think he was destined to win since his father won it. Like this meant more to him than the others, I believe. So I'm really happy for him. And but I mean when Julio put up those 41 homers, though, I really thought he was gonna win it all in front of the home crowd. But I'm, I'm really glad he didn't win. I'm really glad Valdi uh, won the home run derby. Yeah, I mean, it was great to see him, and especially do it for his father. I mean, his father was an outstanding player himself, like a supernatural, just like his son, like father, like son, and shows why he's the biggest heavy hitter in all the major leagues. Absolutely. He obviously put on a show, but the man that really put on a show in the first round was Julio Rodriguez. He hit a record 41 home runs. How were you feeling after that first round, Jonathan? Uh, Well, I thought he was going to win for sure, honestly, especially in front of the home crowd. Like, it just seemed like you got that vibe when he was uh, hitting all those homers. Like, the crowd was getting so excited, and I thought he was, like, amped up, and I thought this was going to prevail. He was going to prevail because of that round. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I thought he was going to win it, too, until Guerrero Jr. showed up, and it was just, it was just wow. You see, I had a I had a little parlay on this home run derby. Her home run <coughs> derby. <laughs> derby. These words. Matt Permuka, words. I had a little parlay on this derby, and Pete Alonzo was supposed to advance out of that round for me. And then this dude goes and hits 41 home runs. I shut my phone oh. off. I was like, that, that's Man. it. There's no there's no way. No way this dude gets 41 homers. Yeah. Pete Alonzo had to know it, too. And yeah. actually, um, that's a shout-out to Jake Murr in there for telling me to make that pick. Jake, this this is why I don't like you if you're listening. That's all your fault. You told oh. me to pick Pete Alonzo, you baseball fanatic, and I lost. So that's on you, Jake. It is your fault. Everybody listening, it is Jake Murn's fault. Everything is Jake Murn's fault for those who know who he is. Sticking with the Home Run Derby, lots of great matchups. The 41, what what do you find the most exciting about the Home Run Derby um, in any aspect? I mean, I would just say I just love uh, seeing home runs. I mean, it's the most exciting part of baseball is seeing <laughs> a guy at a home run. And just to see how far they hit it, the velocity, stuff like that, where the pitch is being thrown, how many they take. I think there's so many things to take into account for the home run derby. And I think it's really unique, especially you award the guys who hit it far and they get like extra time and that helps them out. I really, I think it's the most exciting part of baseball is home runs. And that's why I think the home run derby is the most fun part and the best thing to watch during an all-star break. Yeah, just seeing the home runs, just seeing balls come out, flying out the park. I mean, it's oh, equivalent yeah. to the the NBA's three-point contest. I mean, it's exciting. It's, that's just players showing off their skills. It's showing why they deserve to be there. 
Absolutely. It definitely is the most interesting factor of the MLB All-Star Game. And before we head to our first break, it is time for Around the Roo. For those of you who don't know what Around the Roo is, it is where on Twitter we bring a question to you every week, and you guys vote on it as a poll. Last week we posed the question that was, is should NBA franchises be able to should they have to honor a player's trade request or honor their wishes based off loyalty? Those of you voted on that, the, the most answers were no. This week's question for you is, is the MLB All-Star Game something that you look forward to as a whole? The game, all the events, the, we've had it in Cleveland, all the stuff around it. Give it to you guys first. Is the MLB All-Star Game something that you look forward to? Uh, no. no. I said no. Honestly, I, no. Yeah. <laughs> I <laughs> would absolutely agree it is not something i even remotely look forward to because it's just not that interesting as we mentioned it's not something that anybody really like gets excited for but guys that is going to do it for our first segment we're going to come back talk some guardians baseball stay with us right here on z88 sports power talk Welcome back to the best sports talk show there is, was, and ever will be right here at the University of Akron. My name is Logan Congrove. I am your host of Sports Power Talk. For those of you just joining us, we just talked a lot of MLB, talked all-star game, trade deadline stuff. I have two pretty great analysts on with me today. On this side of the desk, it's Jonathan Harsh. Jonathan, how are we doing? Oh, I'm doing great. Really excited to be here. Talk about some sports. Absolutely. And on the on the other side of the desk, we have Mr. Marcus Anderson. Marcus, how are we feeling today? Oh, good in the neighborhood over here. <laughs> the Mr. Groove over there. Marcus Anderson, the rattlesnake Marcus Anderson. Guys, it's time to talk about the Guardians. Coming off the All-Star break, the big headline for the Cleveland Guardians is, of course, Shane Bieber. He is headed to the IL for, the, for 15 days due to forearm tightness. Guys, what does this do for the Guardians, and how does it affect his trade value? Because a lot of the things going around are that the Guardians are indecisive about wanting to trade him or not. How does this affect the Guardians, and how does it affect his trade value? It's just a double L at this point, pretty much. I mean, it just takes it only takes down his trade value. And for the past two years, he hasn't been the same Shane Bieber that won the Cy Young Award two years ago. He hasn't been the same Shane Bieber, honestly. And it's just for the Guardians, it doesn't make it easier to chase the division title. I mean, and think about it, the Tigers, they're not that far behind them. So it's just like anything can happen at this point. This is just the wrong time for this to be happening for the Guardians. Absolutely. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, it definitely ruins his uh, trade value and what the Guardians may possibly be looking into. Um I still think they have a great chance for the AL Central, though. I believe in them. And, but, yeah, Shane Bieber, I, I just think he's been injury-prone, it seems. He's been more injured. And, yeah, he hasn't looked the same. I would agree with that. Uh, but, yeah, I don't see his trade value is definitely diminished at this point. So do you think that there's still any interest at all, or do you think that now we're just kind of stuck and going to hang on to him? Uh, I feel like we're kind of stuck and going to hang on to him, honestly. But I don't... Uh, <clears throat> think it's really a bad thing I, I do think he will turn it around for the second part of the season uh, once he does come back from injury 
Oh, we'll see at this point. Uh, as T.O. say, just get your popcorn ready. <laughs> Marcus, you got some of the best zingers ever. That's my favorite part about having you on the show is I just never know what's going to come out of Marcus Anderson's mouth. I really don't. It could be anything. It really could be anything. I would not have. I wouldn't have thought of that. Uh, I do my best. <laughs> Shane Bieber though is obviously a huge part of this Guardians rotation. Take him out of the rotation now for this 15 days or longer, depending on what's going on. What what do you foresee for the Guardians without him? What do you see for the pitching rotation? Who do you think has to make the biggest step up to have so that the Guardians can remain successful? Oh, definitely Tristan McKenzie. I mean, he's so yeah. he's probably one of the best relievers in all of baseball. He's definitely got to be the lead man at this point. He's got to get. Yeah. Healthy uh-huh. man. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Tristan McKenzie is yeah. always hurt. Always yeah, hurt. I love the guy, but he is always hurt. And that's <laughs> you're right, Marcus. He absolutely needs to make a step up. Jonathan, what about you? Who do you think in the Guardians rotation has to step up in order to replace Bieber's production here? I mean, I would say uh, Cal Contro. I mean, Oof. he's been struggling all year, but <laughs> if you're going to keep him in the pitching rotation, that that's a guy who I mean showed. That he's capable of having good starts, especially last year. He needs to really step up, though, and have some better pitching performances. Yeah, Cal Quantrill definitely has been struggling this season. He's, If you're a Guardians Twitter advocate, lots of slander of Cal Quantrill goes on because we have all these young guys, and then Cal Quantrill comes in and is still getting these starts over them, and he really shouldn't be. He's just not... He's not quite there. Mm-hmm. If you're the Guardians and Cal Quantrill continues to struggle, I asked this question last week, I'll ask you guys as well. What do you do with him? Do you put him in the bullpen, or do you send him down? What What is your solution to this Cal Quantrill issue? Uh, I would send him down, honestly. I think it would be a wake, a, an awakening call for him, and I think he would he would do good in the minors, and if he does, then bring him back up. But, I, I mean, I would discuss all options for him at this point, even putting him in the bullpen and seeing how that works out, maybe. Yeah, I'll still give him some time with Cal Would you consider designating him as a free agent or is that too much is that too far i think it's a little too far because i mean he showed a lot of yeah yeah, he showed a lot of key abilities and i think he could turn around yeah i would agree yeah i would keep him around i don't think letting him go all together is the solution but his production definitely has to improve somehow and if it's not going to be with the guardians they definitely need to consider either bullpenning him or sending him down to columbus get him a little bit more experience and bring like you said bring him back up if it's necessary uh, the Guardians have had a few rough outings against the Rangers. They lost 0-2 last night, and then the night before, on Friday, they lose 12-4, to which, if you guys were following that game, Aaron Savali had that game at 4-3. to They pulled him out, and we lose 12-4. to 12-4 to off of a game that was, when our starting pitcher was pulled, was 4-3. to what is going on with our bullpen? Because there's all this talk that the bullpen is the best in baseball. I strongly disagree. Yeah, that's yeah. definitely uh, not the case for Whoever this Whoever said that is. Yeah. It's the MLB. The stats, the stats for Seriously? the Guardians bullpen are one of the best in the MLB. Yeah, wow, that's a surprise. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Because then you see a showing like that. And they're talking about on the broadcast, yeah, I don't know what they're going to do here. You can't really put in another pitcher here. It's This isn't – they're going to burn through all their pitchers. Mm. Um, What they talk about. (laughs) It's – no, the bullpen is not where it needs to be at all for the Guardians. I don't don't understand this narrative that, oh, the bullpen's great. The starters are what's the problem. Clearly not. Aaron Savali 
Aaron Savali has been very, very good in his last few outings. Yeah. And then our bullpen blows it for him every single time. Mm. I don't know... I don't know what to do to fix it. Is this? Do you think it's an issue of the talent, or do you think at the end of the season that we should reassess coaching of our bullpen, our pitching staff? Uh, I think our pitching staff's fine. I'm, they've been great at developing pitchers uh, over the years uh, with Tito as a manager. I, I think it'll be fine. I think it's more talent, but I think they will turn around, honestly. I, I mean, they've had a lot of rough outings, but the stats – they, they they show something. They they do show hope and that there is talent, and they just haven't uh, applied that all to the field. They just lack leadership. That they just need that leadership, that kind of veteran leadership to state to have some stability mm-hmm. in the pulpit mm-hmm. among the whole team. Because this is it's just been for the past three years watching this team been a schizophrenic team. And one day they just mm-hmm. look like world beaters, and then the next day they just. They just look alike someone else. I mean, is they like consistency pretty much. Oh yeah, Jonathan. Who would you say in the Guardians bullpen is struggling the most? What what pitcher uh, is the most struggling one for the Guardians right now? That that's rough. That's a hard question. But I would go with uh, Sam Hedges. Yes, I honestly. Would agree. I mean, I know he's been injured and he's had the rehab a couple times, but like. What what I've seen from him and some of uh, his relief duties, I mean, it's been really bad. He's been giving up a lot of runs. Mm. He's just not having much command, it seems like, when he's pitching. And, yeah, if I had to choose any Cleveland reliever, it would be Sam Hedges. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Uh, the Rangers series obviously not going so well. They're about to play the Pittsburgh Pirates. They are a team that could potentially be making some moves at the deadline. What do you foresee for the Pirates series going forward? Um... I mean, I think we'll win this series, honestly. I, I could see, definitely uh, think the Pirates might take one just because the Guardians' inconsistency. <laughs> you don't know what you're going to get from the pitching or the batters. I mean, one, one one game we could score 10 runs, and then the next we could score zero. So it's, it's really tough to say sometimes with this team. Right. I would be surprised if the Pit take two out of this series pretty much. I mean, oh, okay. the, the Pirates, they're not... They're definitely not the same team as they was for the past three years or so, or ever since losing yeah, Andrew yeah. McCutcheon. He's back. Andrew, oh, he's back? Yep, they have him. Oh, yeah. wow. I did not know yeah. that. <laughs> Came back this year. Oh, wow. <laughs> but, anyway, but he's it, obviously, he's not what he was. No, yeah, he's no. definitely was was it when he first got to Pittsburgh. But anyways, this is definitely not the first Pittsburgh team when he first left, when he first got out of there. But yeah. it's just like, maybe, they're a much improved team, but... I see it go either way, honestly. Yeah. Two to one to the Guardians or two to one to the, uh, the Pirates. Absolutely. The Guardians definitely need the momentum heading into the second half of the season. Mm-hmm. They're going to need all the easy series wins that they can get to boost their confidence. Hopefully the yeah. pitching boosts up a little bit. Um, the, the Guardians in the AO Central. We've talked about the division being terrible. We've talked about how the Twins, it's just the Twins and the Guardians, really. Can the Guardians win the AL Central? Are they are they better than the Twins? Yeah, I mean, I believe so. I, I mean, we're definitely going to benefit from being in a division like this. And I think uh, we will win this division. I do think we have more talent and better uh, a better coaching staff well, with Tito and the pitching staff. I think <clears throat> the Guardians have better leadership overall over the Twins. And I think uh, they'll thrive in the second half uh, more than the Twins will. 
I mean, honestly, have you ever seen that always run into this meme with the office of Pam? Whenever Pam gets, like, the two pictures and they, she always say they're all, they're all yeah, the same yeah. thing. Like, there's no difference. Uh, that's how I feel about the Twins and the Guardians in this division. <laughs> I mean, it's like, they're like mirror reflections of each other. Like, really, it's just just like last year, they're sort of like, except the Twins maybe a bit more of a slam-hitting team more than the Guardians, and the Guardians may be a little bit of a more better defensive team than the Twins. I mean, they're, they're kind of a mirror reflection of each other. Do you think that heading in, if say the Guardians do win the division, and they've played this terrible division the whole season. Heading into the playoffs, what what is your what is your early predictions for the Guardians if they were to win the division? How far do they make it, especially coming out of the worst division in the league? I, I said the same thing about them last year. First round exit, and they end up sweeping the Rays, who was the best team in the <laughs> yeah, whole AL yeah. last year and still the best team again in the AL this year. I mean, in baseball, anything can happen. That's a, that's what makes baseball America's pastime. Anything can happen, really. Right. Yeah, I agree with you there. I mean, I think they can get a win, honestly, in the postseason, but I don't see them going far the way they've played so far this year. You think that they go further or further the same or less than last year? Uh, I would say less just based on what I've seen right now. It depends. all depends on how the second half goes, but as of right now, that's what I would say. Marcus? I'm saying it again, maybe first round exit. Okay. First round yeah. Exit. yeah, I think obviously the Guardians are able to make strides in the playoffs. They always are. Tito Francona is a great manager, knows what he's doing in those oh, situations. Yeah. So you're right, it's very unpredictable. But I would agree, I don't think the Guardians are the same team as they were last year. You know, they don't have Oscar Gonzalez is not, he got set down. He's not, not going to be this magic guy like he was last year. Uh, pitching is not there. Lots of differences. You know, Josh Bell has not lived. He's getting better, but Josh Bell has not lived up to what we thought he was going to be. But two guys that are living up to what we thought they were going to be are the Nailers. Josh and Bo, for those of you who don't know, are brothers. They both play on the Guardians now, as Bo was called up maybe a week or two ago. Um, But they are the first brothers in Guardians history, or Indians for that matter, to hit home runs in the same inning. What do you make of this guy? That is very, very impressive stat. It doesn't happen very often. The last guy to do it with the Upton brothers, and that was years ago. What do you make of this stat for the Naylor brothers? Uh, it's such a rare occurrence. Like it's really impressive to see. And honestly, when I, they hit those two homers, I thought for sure we would win that game. So it's, it's it was really disappointing that we lost that game. But like I'm really happy for them and really excited <laughs> to see how they do the rest of this year. This is something nice to see over the years for and some nice to see in the future. One probably gonna end up being one of the nicest duels in all of baseball, maybe. This just yeah, sparks hope awesome. for us, pretty much. I mean for them. For them. I saw a meme because what's the what's the third Naylor Brothers name that just got picked? Uh, is it I honestly forget. I think it's Mile I'm not Miles, but the third Naylor brother. He just got okay. picked by the Athletics. There was a meme. Marcus, you've probably seen the meme. You ever seen the video of the guy outside the pet store and there's a cat in there and he's oh, going, yeah. I'm going to get you out of there. <laughs> it was, it had a Guardians logo on the guy's shirt and then they put the younger Naylor brother's face on the cat and he was saying, I'm going to get you out of there. I'm going to get you out of there. Wow. So that the Guardians can have all three. <laughs> I'm going to get you out of there. Because who wants to play in Oakland? <laughs> Marcus, you you like the A's, don't you? 
I do. Oh, I you do. like every team, so you you don't got to do I, I was born an A's fan, pretty much. That's that one I will credit you on, because yeah. you, you have said that multiple times. Yeah, as a matter of fact, my first game, my first baseball game was against the A's. You know, really? The A's, oh. yeah. I think it was like 2000, it was like around the year when Frank Thomas, the big herb, was, was there. I think it was was around that time. It was like 2005. I was in the first grade. Okay, so it was it was quite cool. Marcus, off topic. What are your teams right now? What right now? Because for those of you who don't know, Marcus Anderson changes teams probably every 30 seconds. So, what in each league, each major sports league? What what's your teams right now? What are your teams for the week, Marcus? Okay, uh, <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll at least have at least two or three teams to root for. Like in baseball, the A's is one of them. Also, I didn't like the Blue Jays until with Vladimir Guerrero Jr. came in. Like, one of the games I remember, like, seeing them, it was like rain, and then they just hit, like, 11 runs out the park. And it was, like, soggy. The game had to get delayed. That's how they're the most exciting team in baseball to me. I don't know about y'all, but they're the most exciting to watch. But that's, Mm. that's one of my teams. So I got two favorite teams in baseball. Football, it's been the Packers, Eagles, and now I was once a Giants fan. Funny story, during their Super Bowl season, that was like the most roller coaster season for me in my life. Like I once cried, I once cried my butt off when I saw him lose to the Eagles one night. <laughs> I get, te- I used to get wow. teary eyed when I see him <laughs> lose to the Cowboys. That's how much of a dire fan I am with the Giants. I might like wow. the Giants again this year. And then it's like when they once they won the Super Bowl. I was about to take my clothes off and just run around the block because that's how excited it was. Oh, that's wow. how okay. that's how much of a year it was. It was such a roller coaster ride for me, the biggest wow. roller coaster I ever had. And ba- basketball, <laughs> when I first watched basketball, it's been the Clippers. Lob- when Lobsey was in effect, Blake Griffin, Chris mm. Paul, DeAndre Jordan, that, that's been my team. And then also, the only reason I'm a Warriors fan, honestly, oh, on the side. No. Just, wow. That's because, that's no, because I'm just a Stephen Curry yeah. fan. <laughs> I'm, I've been a Stephen Curry fan even way before he became an all-star. Before Steph Curry was Steph Curry. That's what they all say. Prove it. I was. I've been a Steph Curry fan since his second season. Since his second season in the league. Mm. I don't know if I I believe it, Marcus. I'm going to need proof on that one. If you can prove it somehow, I'll believe you. <laughs> so with that story, Kyrie about the Giants, it was the Eagles. Like even mom came home from work, and even dad had to come. They thought I was playing mad. That's why I was crying. Mom thought I was playing mad. I was like, "Oh, it's okay, it's okay, Marcus. Like you, you'll get it next time. All you need is practice, practice, practice." No, mom, not talk about that. I'm, the Giants lost. That's why I'm crying about. I wasn't playing mad. The Giants lose, lost to the Eagles. <laughs> Uh, oh, wow. that's, a, that's about the only other time my, my parents hear me cry is when I'm playing in Madden and lose that game in Madden. That's so that deep for you? Yeah. It's oh, <laughs> Marcus, like I said, quite the character, Marcus. You truly are. <laughs> and before we get into our hot mic segment, which I will explain here shortly, um, our final baseball-oriented question for this show. What do the Guardians need to do at the deadline to remain successful? I know we talked a little bit about this before, but if the Guardians were to make any moves, what would you guys say that they do need to do? Um, they, I think they need an outfielder who is a power hitter. Because, I mean, our outfielders are not power hitters whatsoever. I mean, you got Miles Straw, zero home runs. I mean, Steven Kwan, I'm, I'm a fan of him, but only two home runs. 
And, I mean, Will Brennan, I think he's promising. I like what he's been doing. But overall, the Guardians need an outfielder who can hit better. Just more power. I think we need more power in the lineup, and we've been lacking that for some time. We got hope from uh, Oscar Gonzalez last year with that power in the outfield, but I think we need to explore options on that. Yeah, we need to add more power to the to the bullpen pretty much to the dugout. It's just like just to get us going pretty much because there be like so many games where we're getting a slump. We're either staying there or we just lie on that one hit at the end to get us to get us to win. And we just need to get that power going from start to finish. That's the biggest. That's been the biggest problem watching Cleveland over the years. There's again that once again that slump. You don't know whether it's gonna stay there or is that one. One miracle that just gets them over the hump. <laughs> mm, I mean, just like that 50 inning playoff game, I, I wish I was there. Oh, I wish yeah. I was there. Yeah. <laughs> that is yeah. probably one of the only baseball games that I have watched all the way through on TV, oh. at least. Really? That that was wow. such an interesting and entertaining game, even for like yeah. a casual fan. It, it kind of like Alex Henry doesn't watch baseball at all, and he was telling me, "I can't take my eyes off the screen. This is yeah. awesome." It was oh, such a yeah. such a good game. Yeah. Jonathan, before we go to Hot Mike, I have a question for you. I know you didn't do, probably didn't do research on this, but right. if you have a name, <laughs> shout it out. Who is somebody that the Guardians could make a trade for that comes to mind that might be on the market that could improve? A realistic option for the Guardians to improve what we have going on. Honestly, it's hard to say. Uh, I don't. There's not like a big market for players out there, really. Uh, I could see them getting uh, Paul... D. Wong from the Cardinals, mm-hmm. though, I think he'd be a solid option just because I think Ahmed Rosario has been uh, struggling yeah. uh, fielding the ball, and he hasn't really lived up to expectations. But, I mean, I, honestly, I could see them also getting, like, a center fielder to, like, switch out Miles Straw as well. No uh, single player comes to mind for, like, a guy who can play a center fielder. But, I, yeah, I think that's one guy that comes to mind is that guy from the Cardinals. And you, like you mentioned, I don't think the Guardians really do anything, but yeah, if they do, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I haven't really thought of it much because I don't yeah. expect much from them. <laughs> I do agree with that yeah. name, though. <laughs> Guys, it's time for one of my favorite segments here on WZIP Sports. It's time for Hot Mike. For those of you who don't know what Hot Mike is, Hot Mike is our segment where you get your chance to be in on our show via our Twitter page at WZIP Sports. You ask the questions, we answer them live on air. So let's get right into it. We have a lot of questions to get to today. Starting off with Dev, one of our members up here. He says, do you think the Guardians and Twins are really as close as they are in the standings? Or do you think when they match up next, it will be a one-sided series? Who's a better team? We can go through this one kind of quickly because we did touch on it before. But Jonathan, I'll start with you. All right, uh, so I would say the Guardians have a slight edge over the Twins, but, like, when they meet up, I think it's going to be even. Like, if it's a four-game series, I see it being a split two to two. I just give the slight edge over the Guardians because of the leadership ability, and they have that postseason experience. And I just think they'll thrive more in the second half uh, over the Twins. I think I give it the Twins by hair, pretty much. I mean, such a Guardian hater. You are such a Cleveland hater. Seriously, the Guardians are just like that kid has been slacking off all year in class, and then (laughs) it's like. I don't know. It's like once, and then once the state test comes around, the Ohio State, the Ohio test, you know, the the one you take the each year at the end of each school year, they just. (laughs) 
All of a sudden, they just ace that test. And this is the same kid that's been <laughs> that's goofing like around yeah, and all like day in class. All day, every day in class, just being the class clown, just failing, getting D's and S, wow. getting D's and C's, oh, wow. just to get by. Then all of a sudden, he aced the state test. Yeah. That's that's how that's I feel funny. about the Guardians. They just they do that every year. Good analogy, Marcus. Yeah. Yeah. Our next question is coming from Zachary Stratton. His first question is, at the MLB All-Star Game festivities, Shohei Otani said the player he was most excited to share a dugout with was Jose Ramirez. We did already answer this one, Zach. If you didn't hear, we had said that this is cool for the Guardians. It's great to have these guys, major players, talking about Guardians players and the leadership that we have. His next question is, who would you be okay to trade to get a big-time hitter at the trade deadline? Would you rather trade prospects or a cur- or current MLB players? Trade for prospects or current MLB players? Uh, I would say current MLB players because prospects, I mean, younger talent. I mean, I wouldn't trade uh, big-time prospects for a big-time player, honestly. Like, if I was the Guardian, just based on the market they're in and their ability to be able to get names like that. So I would say uh, current MLB players on the roster. I would say, like, current MLB players on the roster. I mean, prospects to me is like... Say your dollar savings pretty much. It's like trying yeah. to save up for the future, pretty much. Mm-hmm. So it's a, and some of the most biggest blockbuster trades in the history on MLB don't work out. I mean, and the, the Bryce Harper for a moment that wasn't working out, but now it's just now starting to work out. He's now look like the Bryce Harper we used to watch back in Washington. It's now starting to work out. Absolutely, it doesn't. I would agree. I would rather trade guys that we currently have. I don't like messing with prospects because, like you said, the Guardians are great at developing prospects. Yeah. So I don't like to trade them away because then it ends up yeah. they end up being great. I mean, that's your whole future right there with the prospects. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Our next question, our next two questions come in from Akron Echo. His first question is: Are we going? Are we getting alternate matte blue helmets this year? I assume he's referring to the Akron Zips. Marcus, I'll let you take this one. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think we sure. I mean, I came one night. The last night I came to a, a zip. wait, what was it again? Akron Arrows game? No, it's the it's the Akron Zips. He uh, said, yeah, are Ak- we getting are we getting oh, alternate Zips. matte blue helmets this year? I think we should. I think we should. You like them? You like that idea? Yeah, maybe. I'm sorry. I was thinking about that. No, you're I, good. You're I good. think about going to a Ducks game. The last <laughs> time I went, they actually had like a Fresh Prince of Bel Air concept jerseys. And the jersey on That's the jersey show. it said like That's <laughs> it's so show. cool. It was like all pink or radiant lime green oh, and on yeah. the shirt it yeah. said straight it says the Prince of straight out Acre or something like that, but in the fonts of like the Fresh Prince of Bear Lair titles. So yeah. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, I I think that'd be cool. I would be I'd be down for it. Jonathan, do you like that idea for the zips? Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, it, I like the creativity there and I would like that if they did that. Oh yeah, definitely. His next question is, who do you think will win the MAC East in football this season? Hmm. That's, That's tough. That's a tough one. <laughs> who do you think, Marcus? You people, might, you people might hate me for saying this, but the Kansas State Flyers. No, 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 no. Oh, they're terrible flashes. this year. They have lost everybody. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> they lost yeah. everybody. They lost, I think they lost 40 transfers when their really? head coach left. Transfers? Yes. yes. Wow. Well, 40 people that transferred. They lost their whole starting offense. I will never support the Kent State Electric Chickens on these airwaves. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> I, I can't do it. I, yeah, I can't do it. If it's not them, I'll maybe say the Ohio Bobcats or maybe, but it's just like, 
It could be us this year, honestly. It's just... Mm. It yeah, could I mean, be... Yeah. I, don't, I think we'll be better. I don't know yeah, about... I mean, men. the last I the last stretch of the season, the way they just tuned up, it just showed us yeah. hope. And we got a good coach. to expect next season. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, I would say the Ohio Bobcats uh, have the most talent. And I think they, they've shown signs of life last year. And I think they'll be much improved this year. And, I mean, I'm going to be optimistic for the Zips. I'm always going to be rooting for them, but i got to go with the Ohio Bobcats here. Yeah, I'm, I like I like the Bobcats pick as well. I'm optimistic about the Zips as well. But I always think Buffalo is a little bit of a dark horse, too. I know. I, Buffalo mm, is always yeah. up oh, there. Yeah, you absolutely. never know. I would say definitely OU, though, would be a great pick. They had a great season last year, and I see that success carrying over. Our next three questions come in from a very frequent question asker. And this week, I'm going to call him a different name. I'm going to call him Lucas. Lucas. Yes! It's always good to have your voice on these airwaves. Thank you for that. Uh, Lucas's first question is, how are we feeling about the new Cleveland Monsters logo? I like it. Um, yeah, I think it's fresh. Yeah, it's fresh, cool. new look. I like it. It's. I don't normally like simplicity, but mm. I liked it. I like it. I think it brings back more of like the Lake Erie type of vibe. It takes away the weird, the vibe of trying to match the Cavs colors just because they play in the same arena. I didn't like that. I like that they're bringing back the real Cleveland Monsters colors. Marcus, did you see the uniforms, Mr. Uniform Guy? Oh, no, I didn't, but I'm just looking at this logo and. I don't know why they had to change it. I liked it, the old logo better. (laughs) Really? It just looks so plain. It's just so generic. That's fair. I mean, the old logo is pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I didn't, I didn't dislike the old logo, but I do like this one a lot. Uh, Lucas's next question is first player that comes to mind when I say Miami Marlins. I would say Giancarlo Stanton, even though he's not on the Marlins. Yeah, I, I he's would, the, he's yeah. just the first player that comes to mind, most memorable. I mean, the guy who's on the new MLB show cover. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shabazz, Shalom. Yeah, even though he's terrible this season. He, <laughs> yeah, he's been Yeah, Yelling at fans when they call him out on it. Yeah, it's I, hilarious. I, I, it is hilarious. Yeah, I, really I would have thought you would have picked someone from the Florida Marlins. Oh, yeah. Me and Mr. Yeah. Vintage. Oh, Florida Marlins. It could oh, be yeah. both. It could Ma- be both. Miguel Cabrera. Miguel really? Cabrera. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Miguel Cabrera. Okay. Uh, I was going to go John Carlos Stanton or... Um, What's his name? Uh, Fernandez, the the pitcher oh, that passed Jose. away, mm-hmm. comes to mind immediately okay. because of D Gordon's home run and, oh, and when they yeah. wore the fifty five on their jersey. Oh, that man. those two names come to mind when you say Miami Marlins for me. And then Jake Marina Goat, I'll give you your real name on that one. Uh, Jake Marina Goat or Lucas. His last question is, how about them Orioles? Oh, they've been great this year. It's really oh, yeah. exciting to see. Oh yeah, it's been great. I mean, over the Yankees and the, like I said. The best division of all baseball is just yeah. a surprise. I knew that I knew he was going to be special from last season. Yeah, Adley Rutschman, obviously a huge success for them as yeah. well. Um, you know, I normally like to clown you, Jake Mernigoat, but this they are they are having a very successful season. So I, I can't. Oh, yeah. There's nothing I can say. And our last three questions come in from Don Olson. His first one is: What would be a successful record for Akron football this year? Oh, <laughs> for Akron, <laughs> it'll be like at least five, at least five wins. That'll yeah, be a successful okay. record. Five wins. Yeah, I would say the same thing. A five right? wins. Like it's hard to imagine just going five hundred, but five wins. Five is seven. Yeah. <laughs> five wins is realistic. I yeah. and that would that would definitely show progress for me. And mm-hmm. you know we're. 
we haven't been successful in so long that any amount of wins is considered success for the Zips. Oh, and I think no. heading into Don's next question, is Coach Moorhead going in the right direction? My answer is absolutely yes. Yeah, oh, yeah I agree. Definitely. Yeah. I saw I a lot of differences with the office last year. It's a lot different than when I first came here to Akron. I still miss Terry Bowen, though. I still miss Terry Bowen. I wish I didn't have to fire him. But I mm-hmm. still think Moorhead has got something going on with this program. Moorhead is such an elite hire for Akron. I, I was very shocked when we got him, honestly, and I do think he's headed in the right direction. And before we head into our break, Don's last question is, can Akron take advantage of the transfer portal to speed up their move to respectability in the MAC and D1? I mean, I believe they can. I just think it's going to be really hard because they haven't run a good rep- representation of themselves in uh, D1 football, but I think they're getting there, especially with Joel, Joe Moorhead. uh more of a big time name in the college football industry that that might help us but i just think um we've been we've been not good for a while so it's gonna be hard to get transfers yeah i mean i tried it last year i mean i thought i mean was a immediate success i wouldn't say so i mean sometimes it depends on the program because with caleb williams last year and then also with uh he just got drafted to the Vikings. How oh, I forget his name. Jordan Addison. Jordan Addison. Jordan Addison and Caleb Williams. It, it was a media assessed for USC Trojans. But I don't know. It goes hand in hand. It goes with great management and good players, pretty much. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think you're right. It's difficult for Akron to take advantage of the transfer portal because our status has not been the best in the past. However, right. Joe Moorhead is a big name, and I do think that he has connections to these bigger schools that could help us in the future, oh, yeah. bringing guys in. And guys, that's going to do it for our first hour of the show. Going just a little bit over, but when we come back, you're not going to want to miss it. We have an hour of NBA talk, SB's talk, lots of review the awards. Going to have a lot of good things to talk about. You'll want to stay with us right here on Sports Power Talk on WZIP. Welcome back to Sports Power Talk for our second and final hour of today's show on this fine Sunday now afternoon. Once again, I'm your host, Logan Congrove. Joining me on the other side of the desk are two incredible analysts. First, we got Marcus Anderson. What's up with it? And we got Jonathan Harsh. Hello, everybody. It's been a great show so far. We've talked a lot of baseball, but now it's time to transition into some other little miscellaneous topics. And one miscellaneous topic that I've been waiting all week to talk about since I heard that Marcus Anderson was going to be on this show. Before we get into anything else, the Buccaneers creamsicle jerseys. Mr. Jersey over here. I think that they are terrible. Marcus thinks that they are awesome. Marcus, before we debate, let's hear the tiebreaker. Jonathan, what do you think about the cream school uniforms? So I'm not a big fan. Yes, of them, to be honest. Yes. Like, I, do not, I absolutely don't like the, the correct answer. Everybody loved the cream seagulls, even though how terrible <laughs> of a team they was. The only reason why they chose to get rid of them in the first place, but everybody loved these man, especially the logo itself with the pirate wink at you with the sword in his, in his mouth. I mean, you just gotta love that. That's just classic NFL right there. I'll tell you what. Garbage uniform for a garbage QB1. I agree the quarterback being garbage, but the uniforms, they just cold-blooded. Like, Why, though? Like, what? How do you look at that and think that's fire? Like, I just don't. I, I even got the. I even got my own He's got the Tampa jacket. Bay wow. Buccaneers creamsicle jacket. See, 
just just take a look at the Buccaneer, the way he's winks at you, the sore his mouth. That just that just <laughs> saying I'm logo. a bad effort. <laughs> Even though this was a time the way you just said that. He wrote this was a time when they were like and 26 Buccaneers. These was the 0-26 Buccaneers. The Creamsicle oh. Buccaneers. The Leroy Selman. The Doug Williams. Even though these are guys you don't know about. But these was like the <laughs> Creamsicle Buccaneers. I even remember mm-hmm. that my dad used to sing the song. Hey, hey, Tampa Bay. Bucks know how to shine. Hey, hey, Tampa oh, Bay. Bucks know how to shine. <laughs> it was like, yeah, those were the girl days of professional football, man. You, you, you just got to love the creamsicles. <laughs> oh, Marcus. I do not love the creamsicle, but I did love that, and that is absolutely getting clipped. I will be using that every single time Baker Mayfield does something bad this season. I'm playing it on air. It's gonna be, that's going to be awesome. I, I had so, thank ja- you for that. I wore this jacket like back in the third grade of high school. I, I thought I was the coolest kid in the third grade. Even my even my principal thought I was the coolest kid with the with this cream circle jacket on. Like I was just going around like, <laughs> just rocking it. <laughs> well, it is a cool jacket, Marcus. I'll give it to yeah. you. But the jerseys are not cool. Yeah. It is time to move on and get into some real topics because that's not even a question how bad those jerseys are. Mr. Marcus Anderson over here trying to debate that they're cool. But Marcus Anderson's a cool guy, and if Marcus Anderson showed up in a creamsicle jersey, it would probably look pretty cool. I'll give it to him. The man's got every jersey in the books. You got a creamsicle jersey? Oh, no, I don't. You're going to get one? You're going to get a classic one or a new player? I might get a new player. I mean, I did have one, uh, a Derek Brooks creamsicle but it's just, I, I was interested in another player. So I'm. Who are you, either, if you were to get a current player, who are you getting? I either get, I'll probably get Devin White or Mike Evans. Okay, mm, Mike Evans with my guy. Those are Dana. two safe picks too. Yeah. Can't buy it. No Baker Mayfield. We don't like Baker Mayfield. He'll WZIP. Not a <laughs> Baker Mayfield guy <laughs> at all. But guys, it's time to talk about the 2023 ESPYS. For those of you who don't know what that is, the ESPYS are ESPN's annual award show that celebrates all sorts of different successes in sports. It's a really cool event every year. Before we even get into the categories, this year's host, Pat McAfee, like or dislike? Uh, I mean, I'm not a big fan of him, so, but he did do a good job hosting the ESPYs. I didn't watch, like, the whole thing, but, like, he got a lot of positive responses from people on social media, so I'm not going to, like, uh, dog on him too much. So I, I will say he did a solid job from what I saw from him. Honestly, I didn't watch the SBs for real, but I'll be most interested of who won the award for best team. Oh, I'll give it. To, I'll, we'll get to it. Pat McAfee for me is is a flop. He actually he did do okay, but from all these past hosts that they've had before, you know, John Cena was hysterical the year yeah, when he yeah. was clowning on Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant when it was in like the most heated part of their little spat. That was hysterical. We've had yeah. Steph Curry even did a good job one year. I don't like Steph. I don't like giving Steph Curry props on anything, but <laughs> he did do a good job. I liked his Grant Williams jokes, saying that you know I wore my green suit for the Celtics, but maybe I'll let maybe I'll let you try on my ring. <laughs> that, was that was that was a good joke by him last year. Yeah. But yeah, let's get into some of the awards. Starting off with best comeback athlete, there was a lot of great nominees for this one, but I think it was mainly between Jamal Murray and John Jones from the UFC. And Jamal Murray did end up winning in his speech. Yes, he did end up winning comeback player of the year. Okay. He looked John Jones right in the eyes and said, hey, man, I'll give you my SB right now if you don't beat me up, which I thought was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, <that's> funny. <laughs> do, you, do you think that he would have been your pick for comeback player of the year? Absolutely not. Over John Jones? No. 
I can't stand Jamal Murray. I still think he's one of the most overrated players in the NBA. I still really? think so. Wow. Seriously. Wow, that's a hot take. Yeah. That is I mean, a hot take. I mean, he, he he's a postseason hero, but it's just like that's the only time he, he's he shines the most, really. Yeah, he doesn't. He barely does anything all the regular season. He have a couple good games here and there, but it's just like with postseason on, which is that's where you should you should play your best in the postseason. But still, it's just like, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I I think it could have gone either way, but yeah, definitely. Yeah. I'm I'm gonna agree with you, Marcus. I'm gonna go on a limb and agree with you. John Jones definitely would have been my pick there. Yeah, definitely. But it's all you know. It's because people at ESPN don't pay enough attention to the UFC, in my opinion. And that's why he didn't win. Yeah, and the sense. Nuggets just won a championship. That's why. Right. That is exactly why Jamal Murray won that award. But nonetheless, comeback athlete, everybody that's nominated for that deserves it. So there's yeah. no real... De- I don't want to have a debate about who had a worse injury. <laughs> that sounds yeah, yeah. that sounds terrible to talk about. So congratulations to Jamal Murray. Great nominees in that category. Best athlete for men's sports. This is one that infuriated me. The 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 nominees for this were Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Judge, Nikola Jokic, and Lionel Messi. I want you to I'm not even gonna say who do you think that ESPN gave this award to? Out of those names, who do you think the they have set they obsess over this guy? If it was if it was ESPN, it would be Aaron Judge, probably. Nope. Mahomes. Yep. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes got yeah, male athlete of the year. I could not disagree more with yeah, this pick. I, was mad with that. I oh, could man. not disagree more. And you guys can clown me all you want, but my list is not going to be the same as yours. How would you I'll give you the nominees one more time. How would you rank who, who do you think should have been the order? The nominees again were Lionel Messi, Patrick Mahomes, Jokic, and Aaron Judge. Okay, from from top to bottom, I'll say I'll say it'll be Aaron Judge. Dan Patrick Mahomes, then it's a it's a tie between Jokic and Messi because Messi been for a long time. So I'll probably put Jokic over Messi, maybe. Jonathan, uh, I would go uh, Jokic winning it and uh, Messi second. Uh, Mahomes third, and then uh, Judge fourth. I'm glad you I'm glad you put Messi at the top because I yeah, had it. I had it Messi. Camp. Messi, Jokic, Mahomes, Aaron Judge. And I got ripped on Twitter for saying Messi, but here's my argument. Lionel Messi is the best male athlete in the world. It's just Mm. because soccer is not as popular in the United States. Yeah, for sure. But nonetheless, I don't think Patrick Mahomes deserved it at all. I just I think he just won it because he's a he's the Chiefs quarterback and ESPN is so in love with him. Every other yeah. commercial was Patrick uh-huh. Mahomes during the ESPYS. Oh, uh, now you can see Patrick Mahomes doing this on social media. I am so tired of Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, me too. Does not yeah. did I mean, not even he, remotely deserve that. I mean, you can't be hating now. I mean, it's Patrick Mahomes, man. Oh, you're one of them. It's Patrick. You're one of them, <laughs> bro. He just, bro. He just went legend in the playoffs, man. He went legend like future. Lionel Messi legend. won the World yeah, Cup. Yeah. He went legend World. by himself, okay. essentially. Okay, yeah. do you do on the spring ankle, though? Do you do on the spring ankle? Do you do on the spring ankle, though? Marcus, you will never, this, will, this you will never convince me that Patrick Mahomes yeah, should have won that uh, award. But I And you putting Aaron Judge at that top surprises me. Aaron Judge yeah, was wow. dead last year. Okay, for that's me. because Aaron Judge broke a 30- or 4-year-old record that stood for that long. That's the only reason why. 
mean, I that's just, all. Uh, hey, as long as yeah. as long as you don't think Patrick Mahomes should have won, because he, in my <laughs> opinion, absolutely the wrong pick there. Yeah. Um, the best athlete in women's sports. The nominees were. I, f- I forget what they all were, but this one, the winner was absolutely correct, in my opinion. It was Michaela Schriffin. She's a ski, she's a big time skier and definitely deserved it in women's sports. Mm, yeah. Best, say, best yeah. championship performance. Lionel Messi won that with the World Cup final. I absolutely awesome. agree with that. Oh, yeah. uh, Jokic yeah. was a nominee for that as well. I, mm. I think that could have gone either way. Jokic yeah, definitely had sure. a great performance, but winning the World Cup is such, it's something that only happens every four years, and Messi took an, that entire team on his back. And now he's he's playing in the United States. I'm very excited to try and yeah. go see him play. This one, I don't agree with. And it was best breakthrough athlete, and that is Angel Reese from the LSU Tigers. Yeah. I don't know if I... I don't, really don't get me wrong. Angel Reese is a great athlete and yeah. has brought... Right. She's brought women's basketball to the forefront in the past couple of months, and that is awesome. Her, Caitlin Clark... That women's tournament was the only one I've paid attention to in years because I loved it. It was great yeah, basketball. It was, it was real, smart. actual, was physical awesome. basketball. And Angel Reese is a great athlete. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But best breakthrough athlete, there's been so many this year. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that would have been my pick. I even may have put Caitlin Clark over her if we're going to yeah, go with women's basketball. Honestly, I, I may that. even have put Caitlin Clark over her. Because yes. Caitlin Clark broke on – so did Angel Reese, but – Caitlin Clark was the name that everybody was talking about for a while. That's what she's why I started watching that tournament. Yeah, me too. All right, mm-hmm. definitely. So, yeah, there was a lot of there was a lot of good names for that one. Angel Reese is a good pick, but I don't know if I would have given it to her just considering she wasn't even the biggest breakthrough athlete in her own sport, in my opinion. Uh, best play was Justin Jefferson with the catch of the century. Marcus, agree or disagree? Of any sport, best play was Justin Jefferson's catch. Of best play, mm-hmm. uh, I'll probably yeah, I'll probably go with that. Yeah, yeah, I think I'll I agree. I think that was the Same. right pick. I agree. The best, best record breaking performance was LeBron James surpassing Kareem Abdul-Jabbar for the NBA career scoring record. No dispute there, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, oh, yeah. Because yeah. I'm, I'm sure you can make an argument if you're a baseball fan for Aaron Judge, because like you said, long-standing record. But breaking the all-time NBA scoring record when you're not even done playing, you're still playing at a high level. I mean, he's going to continue to break that record by a lot. Oh, yeah. I, I, I definitely think that was the correct pick there. Sure. Best college athlete in men's sports was Caleb Williams of USC. Oh, without a doubt, yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that, too. Oh, I'd give it to him as well. Great pick for them. Uh, best college athlete of women's sports was Caitlin Clark. I agree. Without I 100% yeah, agree. I agree. See, and that's that. where, if we go back, best breakthrough athlete being Angel Reese makes that more okay for me because Caitlin Clark also right. is getting her recognition yeah. as the best college athlete, and that works for me. Uh, best NFL player. I want you to take a guess who this one went to. Patrick Mahomes. Nope. Yes, it went to him, but nope, I totally disagree. I I do not. I am so on a Patrick Mahomes hate train, it's not even funny. (laughs) I do not like Patrick Mahomes. Best MLB player, Shohei Otani. For me, no dispute. Of course. He is absolutely the best player in baseball right now. Best NHL player for those hockey fans we have here at the WZIP is Connor McDavid. I don't watch hockey, and that's a name that I know, so I would totally agree. Best NBA player. Was Nikola Jokic, and this could this has nothing to do with the playoffs. I disagree. Really, I disagree. Wow. Okay. This award should go to LeBron James every year. I don't care what team he's on. 
I mean, I think there's I, many players that are ahead of Jokic. I'm oh, not. A, I'm not a Jokic guy. Wow. Okay. Well, okay. That's I'm not okay. a Jokic guy. I, know, I mean, Zizka is only the third player in history to average a triple double yeah. in the NBA Finals, along with Wilt Distel Chamberlain and Kareem Skyhook Jabbar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I would. I just think it's it's the same thing as like. Tom Brady in the Super Bowl or an NFL MVP. It's an award that technically should go to LeBron James every single year, but they just can't. They can't do that. But right. nonetheless, Jokic, Jokic had a good year. I'm just not a Jokic stand like uh, some of these people. Yeah. Um, let's get into some of the a little bit more respectable awards. With Archer, Arthur Ashe Award for Courage was the U.S. Women's National Team. Great pick there. This award is given out for their fight for equal pay with the men's program and they did end up getting they did end up getting that great pick for that award. The Jimmy V award for perseverance was Liam Hendricks of the Chicago White Sox. This was a super emotional speech. Absolutely yeah. great pick for that as well. Liam Hendricks, for those of you who don't know, beat cancer and is now back playing for the White Sox. And absolutely a great story. Perhaps the story of the night, the Pat Tillman Award for Service was given to the Buffalo Bills training staff. And for those of you who haven't watched Amar Hamlin's speech before they presented this award to them, you you have to. It's a must-watch. And I don't know if you guys saw it, but what did you take away from that award? Uh, I mean, it was a very touching speech, and you could tell the emotions he was feeling and how much he appreciated everybody that helped him in that process. And you could really feel the emotion uh, through the screen. And it was a really great speech. I'll definitely uh, recommend watching it. Yeah, I mean, great, great palms to the training staff of the Buffalo Bills. I mean, just, uh, just, uh, I mean that. Night, I just remember that night. It was be- It was like horrible to watch. It was just, and this is like not the first time somebody actually died on a football field for the NFL. But it's just like lucky that seeing the. Just seeing Demar Hamlin still alive, breathing, just walking around, just great to see him that he's actually still here on planet Earth with us. Just, just that's a great pick, honestly. Yeah, I absolutely agree. It was such a great speech, and then when the Spills training staff came out and talked, that was even more emotional. It was awesome to hear from them and see them get their recognition and see trainers around the league get their recognition because in Demar Hamlin's speech, he said, you know, there's. 64 guys on an NFL roster, but there's actually 150 in every building of people, staff, yeah, training people. Like, yeah, there's so many people behind an NFL team that don't get their recognition, so it was cool to see them get recognition. And the last award that I do want to touch on is the Muhammad Ali Sports Humanitarian Award. This was given to Drew and his wife, Lauren Holiday. For those of you who don't know their story, they his wife was diagnosed with cancer while she was pregnant, so there was a chance that he could have lost his wife and his kid at the same time and they persevered she beat cancer and now she is the mother of a beautiful child very great story there as well for the holiday family that's going to do it for our sp talk except for one more thing that i did want to touch on with you marcus did you hear lil wayne's amelie remix for the sps you have to listen to it he took his song amelie remixed it all about sports same beat same everything he was talking about talking about i need my nil money like it was (laughs) it was great because i gotta stay in lone way i never liked lone way you will like this really you would like this it's a (laughs) really really good remix of amelie yeah it's so crazy my dad likes on wayne but i never liked it lone way even listen to the carter back in the fourth 
in the fifth grade. I never liked it, Lil Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, Marcus Anderson is not a Lil Wayne fan, but you should check it out. It's a good, it's, it's a good remix, and I wish I could play it on air, but we can't, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's before we head into our next break, let's talk a little bit about the NBA Summer League. Starting off with our Cleveland Cavaliers, who are now in the Summer League semifinal. They have been putting on a show. He's not well-liked here in Akron, but Amani Bates has been a great touch for the Cavs Summer League team. you got Sam Merrill's balling out. Isaiah Mobley is giving great strides. What have you guys made of the Cavs Summer League team this season? Uh, yeah, they've been great in the Summer League. Uh, very impressed to see how they've been performing. Uh, definitely uh, liked seeing Isaiah Mobley, Sam Merrill uh, perform well, especially in Amani Bates for sure. Um, I mean, Sam Mural, he made eight threes on Monday, and that was very exciting to see. It'd be interesting to see uh, who makes the team and what guys will get valuable minutes on the Cavs this year. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's great to see some flashes in the in this summer league for the Cavs. Like Isaiah Mobley, this could be like a breakout. Showing us this could be a breakout year for him, maybe. And also Pete Nance, he's been a baller. He's been a baller for us all season long. It's just Pete Nance it, is a great name too. I didn't even oh, mention yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. They've been looking great this summer league. Honestly, I would absolutely agree. They they have a chance to win the whole thing. The team looks great and. Before I ask my next and final question before we head into our break, I need your guys' take on this. I've asked every analyst for the past, like, two, three weeks. Amani Bates, like or dislike? Dislike. Yeah. Man, you guys got to separate. He He's <laughs> such a win-win player, though. He either – we got him in the second round. He either does nothing and we lose nothing, or we get a steal that ends up contributing. You I mean, just don't like him because of Akron, huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I see Trust me, I didn't like him. I didn't I mean, like him in college like... either. We the the AK Rowdies were all over him when he came here. He I'm sure you heard, him, Marcus. Yeah. You were right behind the camera. Yeah, I was. <laughs> it's they were that, ribbing him that night, just going for like one to seven. It was like a terrible stat line, and there's like guys only points at the free throw line. I think. Yeah, I was just a terrible yeah. night. You're like. This is a high NBA prospect right here. Yeah, he did not a, do good against Akron. <laughs> no. Yeah. Like, Shout out he, to the AK Rowdies. NBA yeah. scouts is actually raving over. NBA scouts are really <laughs> raving over this guy, and he he scores his only points at the free throw line. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 And before we head into break, obviously we have to touch on our Zips men's basketball graduate and alumni, Mr. Xavier Castaneda, is finally getting into the game for the L.A. Clippers, Marcus's favorite team apparently. How are we feeling about Xavier Castaneda before we head to break? LAX. That's what I'm saying, LAX. <laughs> Jonathan? Uh, really excited to see Xavier get some minutes, and we'll always root for the Zips alumni. Absolutely. I hope to see Xavier get a lot of time in the NBA. It seems like he's going to have a great journey. Guys, that's going to do it for our third segment. We're going to head into our final segment of today's show, sticking with the NBA and some headlines. Got some LeBron James news that broke last night. You're not going to want to miss it. Stick with us right here on WZIP. Welcome back to our final segment of today's Sports Power Talk right here on Z88. Once again, I am your host, Logan Congrove. It's been a great show so far with two great analysts. Once again, joining me on the other side of the desk is Mr. Jonathan Harsh. 
Hi, what's up, everybody? And Mr. Marcus Anderson. Back at it. And if those of you are just now tuning in, you missed Marcus's singing, which I'm very excited to get on a, a clip here that will be posted <laughs> on our Twitter page as soon as possible. So make sure you follow us on Twitter at WZIP Sports to hear Mr. Marcus Anderson's creamsicle song about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. <laughs> Not going to want to miss it. It's a great great little tune that Marcus's dad came up with about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. <laughs> but guys, it's time to round out our show with some NBA talk. Starting off with a random headline that popped out last night about LeBron James. LeBron James is reverting back to number 23 for the LA Lakers out of respect for Bill Russell. For those of you who are not aware, the NBA retired league-wide number 6 last season but gave the exception to players that were already wearing it. Most players changed. LeBron did not at the time. And I don't even think he was allowed due to jersey sales and restrictions on that. But he did announce last night that he's going to return to number 23 in order to respect Bill Russell's legacy. Guys, what do you make of LeBron James' number change? Uh, I think that's really cool of him to change numbers. And I prefer uh, 23 LeBron over 6 LeBron. So I, I like the change for him. Yeah, I was wondering why LeBron. Because once the news was made last season, that's a, that was around... Um, Bill Russell's death. I was wondering why LeBron didn't change his number. Even after why he stuck with number six, I don't know why he didn't change back and allow, even allow him to stick with the number six. But glad he did so. Is all due respect to another legend, Bill Russell. And it made me think that maybe that since Jim Brown died, maybe the NFL should do the same thing. Retired the number 32 all around the league. I mean, because also Major League Baseball, nobody can't wear 42 because of Jackie Robinson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And nobody in the NBA can wear 6 because of Bill Russell. I think the NFL should do the same thing. Retire the number 32 for honor of Jim Brown. I like that idea. I didn't, I've didn't. i never thought yeah, about that. Cool. But yeah, I agree. I actually agree with you, Jonathan. I'm a much more 23 LeBron guy than six anyway. Yeah. And yeah. that's coming from a guy that likes the heat. Oh. I just don't think he's ever, oh, okay. I don't yeah. think he's ever right. looked, I don't think he's ever looked good in number six other than Miami. I think that like that era, yeah. six yeah. LeBron <laughs> was 2011 yeah. through 2014 was Miami. That yeah, that was, was the not. only time that I liked seeing him in a number six. Yeah, that's fair. And yeah. if you're a Cavs fan, when you think of LeBron in a number six, yeah, you think right. of him as a total villain because that's yeah, when he yeah, left. Definitely. That's like yeah, yeah, I remember yeah, the first game he came like, back yeah. to Cleveland. He had six on in his black Miami jersey. Oh. I mean, he looked like a total villain. Yeah. So when I, as yeah. a Cavs fan, when I think of number six LeBron, I think of wow, I did not like that guy. Yeah. But yeah, yeah I think 23 is a good move for him, and for sure. it's his number. It's the one that. I think he's most respected in his number 23. And, of course, it's a cool move to respect Bill Russell with that. But sticking with the NBA, starting off with some trade news, actually some no trade news is what I'm getting at. We still are at a stalemate in the Damian Lillard saga. Last that was offered reportedly was Miami offered Tyler Hero, Kyle Lowry, and three first-round picks. But the Trailblazers have zero interest in Tyler Hero. Toronto is reportedly interested in Miami, in, in Tyler Hero. So say you throw the Toronto Raptors into this. What do you see, what works out in this three-team trade? And why Why is Miami, why is Portland still doing this? What is What is taking so long? You think this is a Miami error? Is it a Portland error? error? Why is it taking so long to move Damian Lillard to where he obviously is going to end up? See, what I'm here is there's this thing between Damian Lillard and his agent. Like, Lillard is telling his agent to purposely... 
like either lie to teams that he don't want to go to about certain problems he may have with the Blazers. Like he's making his agent tell teams that he may have an attitude problem. He's a great player, but has an attitude problem, not a team player, and try to scare teams that he don't want to go to away from trading for Damian Lillard. And he's tell, and on the other on the back end having his agent tell talk to other teams that he won't go to, like maybe the Lakers or the Clippers or the Heat. In this case, of uh, why he want, or uh, why he wants to go there, why they should trade for Damian Lillard, because he's so he's having his agent tell lies to teams he don't oh, want to go yeah. to. So it's, that's <laughs> yeah, why I'm he- that's why I'm being here in the ESPN news. Yeah, I have not heard about that, but like, yeah, I mean, I don't understand why Portland wouldn't have zero interest in Tyler Hero. I mean, I get they have a great young backcourt, but the but to say. They have no interest in Tyler, Tyler Hero is kind of wild because I don't really know what else Miami could throw in there as like a great young uh, talent that Portland could use because they have a lot of veteran presence on the Heat and not too many guys that can make like an ultimate difference for Portland for this year. I just don't understand the hate on Tyler Hero. Why don't you? Why wouldn't you? I mean, I get the injury, yeah. maybe the injury thing, I guess, but. I mean, he's he hasn't done anything to prove that he's not a good player. Right, and if Portland's right. going to go rebuild, I think the comparing the the pair of Scoot Henderson, Tyler Hero, they have a great great young roster, and they're going to get three first yeah. round picks yeah. out of it too. So I don't understand. I'm not understanding the hate on Tyler Hero from the Blazers. Over with mm-hmm. the Toronto aspect of it, what happens if Tyler, if Kyle Lowry gets flipped back to the Raptors? I mean, that'd be pretty cool to see Kyle Lowry yeah. back in the Raptors. A familiar yeah. face back in town. So, yeah, I just... But, yeah, I think this trade could work out in many ways, honestly. For all three teams, I mean, and Tyler Hero, like, with the injuries he had last season, put him out for a, a huge proportion of the season. I mean, what is that injury scare? The injury scare kind of makes you, like, damaged goods damaged goods maybe yeah, like make you scared or want to buy yeah. this it's just it might be something wrong with it that's what tyler hero is to the blazers right now yeah that's the reason why they holding off on this trade a little bit so yeah i just think that this needs to happen soon because right, it's obvious right. it's so obvious and he's not going to go play anywhere else what hap- what what happens if they mean the lord gets traded somewhere else what do you foresee happening in this situation anywhere I it can mean, be any other team I feel like uh, Damian Lillard needs to have uh, more options here, like open his opportunities and just not say just wants to go to the Heat because it's kind of hard for, like, you're telling the Trailblazers to trade you just one team. I feel like you got to open your options more and, like, put a few more teams on your list of destinations you might want to go to. Yeah, I mean, maybe he wants to go back to his hometown down at Compton and maybe play for the near near his hometown, maybe – try to play for the Lakers or Clippers or oh, even yeah. him going to the Kings that would be a crazy idea I mean that wouldn't be oh, wow. maybe <laughs> that would really just <laughs> blow up the NBA news right yeah. there don't just <laughs> Sacramento <laughs> another name that's been tossed around in this whole saga is Ben Simmons if they if the Nets were to be the third team in this deal Ben Simmons reportedly could be sent to Miami in a Lillard trade I have a, a strong opinion on this as a Heat fan, but I'll toss it to you guys first. <laughs> what know. What does Ben Simmons provide for the Miami Heat? I don't know why he's still in the league. Yeah. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. Yeah. I am strongly for this, believe it really? or not. Oh, okay. I think wow. Ben Simmons 
would thrive in the Miami Heat's environment. I really do. Mm, yeah, I don't know about that. I don't know why why Miami would want him, to be honest. I just think, <laughs> I don't know. I think it's the right situation for him. I, I think it's what he needs. I still won't yeah. forget the one-point playoff game he had against the Celtics years ago. I still won't forget that. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> he definitely has taken a turn for the worst. He has not done yeah. anything in Brooklyn, but... Sometimes a change, change of scenery is all that matters, and I yeah. think I think could he happen. could succeed in Miami. Miami has a great track record of having these guys just succeed. Look at True. look at Goran Dragic, for example. Goran Dragic was nothing special until he got to Miami. Now he's getting contracts left and right from other teams because of his production in Miami. Just needed a fresh start. I think Ben Simmons would definitely fit in Miami's system, but that's going to be a very unpopular opinion. I feel. Yeah. Well. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I would. I wouldn't be opposed. Is the way I'd put it. Okay. Another big name that's floating around is James Harden and the Seventy Sixers. James Harden has been asking for a trade from the Seventy Sixers after signing his offer with the Seventy Sixers, but now he just wants to be traded. And it's reported that he is absolutely determined to become, you guessed it, Marcus, an LA Clipper. I'll flip it to you first. As a Clippers fan, do you want this? And then my second question for you is, what are you giving up for an? On the back end of his career, James Harden. It ain't like James Harden. I remember watching back in Houston. I I don't know what to say about this. Honestly, this is a, it's gonna be the same old Clippers. I mean, I thought the same thing when they first got both Paul George and Kawhi to come to L.A. It's just I don't know at this point. It's not the same James Harden from year from a decade ago. Yeah, I don't think it would be worth it for the Clippers to try to get James Harden because you're basically getting a rental and a guy that is, like you said, back in his career. And he only wants to be there because he's, he's just ring-chasing at this point. And, like, as the, the Clippers would probably have to get rid of Paul George to get James Harden, and that's what the 76ers would be trying to get out of that trade. Speaking of Paul George, while we're on this topic, why is it that all these young players keep saying that Paul George is, like, the GOAT and the best basketball player in the league? What what is that? Where is that coming from? I've heard like three of these rookies when they asked, "Oh, who who's your favorite? Who was your favorite player? Or who's who's the best player in the league right now?" And they'll be like, "Oh yeah, Paul George, Paul George for sure." <laughs> wow. Who's like? That's where are you pulling that from? Why, Marcus? You're over there laughing. <laughs> <laughs> nah, because I, I remember Paul George is still one of my favorite players in the league. He's been he was actually my favorite player when I was first watching him with the Pacers. Like. Mm. When he's on, he's on. When he's when he's at full health, a hundred percent healthy, like a hundred percent healthy, he's like one of the top five best players in the league. A hundred percent healthy. Okay. Like yeah. he gets in the mode Whoa, where did you say just, top five? Yes, <laughs> top five. I like, thought you said. Oh no. Nah, really. When he gets in that, that yeah, mode, he is unstoppable. He like oh. there's nothing stopping this man when he's a hundred percent. I don't I know. I seen him like I actually seen him single handedly. I could tell you one. Th- I could tell you one thing that makes him stoppable, and his name is LeBron James. Look back at the Pacers years. Nah, LeBron, Paul George was completely nah, he, stopped. He gave but, yeah, LeBron yeah. work. No those finals. I mean, he, it's bro, not the second time. They were the Pacers killers. He, yes. he gave LeBron problems. That Pacers he team was the, a problem, and the yeah. Heat. That LeBron handled them. No, he yeah. he did not handle. Maybe what? the second time around when they went four to one. The se- but the first time when they met, the first time they ever met, LeBron and Paul George in the finals for the first time. Like the, the Pacers actually gave them problems. 
the paces that you gave her, there's actually a clip of like actually the blind giving giving Paul George dap in the middle of plays. You remember that clip, but it's just that he was giving him problems that whole <laughs> <laughs> I heard that, but he was giving the problems at all of a You don't remember. I don't know about that, Marcus. Yeah, I don't know if I think Paul George gave series, the greatest basketball player of all time problems. No, nah, he was nah, giving him work. So. He was giving him work. Well, you are the man of hot takes up here, Marcus, so I'll give it to you. I, But back on topic, James Harden is another example of a guy that's trying to force his way to one destination. Why? Yeah, I don't. Why? Why is this new trend in the league? I want to go here, and if it, you don't trade me there, I'm not playing. This ain't brand new. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Paul George been that dude. We're not on this topic anymore, Marcus. <laughs> Marcus. All right, Marcus is very infatuated with Paul George today. <laughs> <laughs> but all right, Marcus, I'll let you answer the question. What is this trend that NBA players can just come out here and say, "I'm done playing for you. Trade me here, or I'm not playing for anybody." What can? Why is this thing? Why is this going on? How can this be fixed? I mean, it's just. I mean, it's like two sides of this. I, on one hand, the players should have should express themselves freely. As just if they feel like it's a bad situation for them, then just go out and say, let's go out and let them know. On the other hand, it's like that league is kind of like their teams. Is it kind of affected in teams? And it's like becoming letting the players. Letting the players take over the league pretty much. It's like having their egos like overtake the team itself and it's like becomes bad pretty much. It's just like this is a problem the NFL had is still having at this point with the players holding out and also probably major league. They're holding out as well. I remember Lindor before stepping out on the field for the first time in the Mets, he threatened to retire if he doesn't get a bigger contract. And it's not just the NBA. It's, like, all around the leagues. It's, like, these players getting – these players letting their ego get the best of them pretty much. So, it's, like, mm-hmm. it's going hand-in-hand. Mm-hmm. Players like to express themselves, and they should. But on the other hand, it just ruins the culture of the sport. Honestly. Yeah, it does. So, what do you think can be done, Jonathan, to change this? How can owners – GMs, teams, stop this narrative that players can just do whatever they want. I mean, honestly, I think they should give the players uh, less power. I mean, have them express themselves, of course, and give uh, destinations, but like owner or GM, they need to be straightforward with their players and say that we can't, you can't just tell us one singular team that you want to be traded to. You got to yeah. give us like some options, some room to work with, and give them some leverage. And so I would, I would say, you got to give them at least like three teams that you might want to be traded to because that helps the team out and that helps you out personally more than just listing one team. And if you're if you're an NBA team, why why do they feel the need to honor what these players say? Like aren't you it's a business, right? The NBA is a business and you're trying to win games and your star player says, "I'm done. I'm not playing for you anymore." Wouldn't you try why would you try and help them out when they're clearly not going to help you? I don't understand yeah. why you wouldn't just trade them what helps your what helps your team. Who cares if they don't like yeah, you anymore? Yeah. They're not they're not going to play for you one way or another. You might as well get what you want out of it. Mm-hmm. If they're going to make this outlandish request, trade them where you want. Yeah. At least that's the way I see it. Yeah, Do you, I agree with you. Marcus? Yeah. yeah. That's right. I just think why why the, like you mentioned Jonathan, why do the players have this kind of power they shouldn't? There's no yeah. They, I'm not even saying, like, you know, the Players Association and stuff is good. They're, they yeah. shouldn't be, like, totally controlled. But in this aspect, I think 
You play for a team. You are under a contract with a team. I don't care if you like it or not. You got picked there. You signed there. You signed that deal. So if you want out of that deal, it's gonna. I think it should be on the team's terms. I don't care who you are. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. there's no there's no point behind a team just signing you and then you want to leave. So oh yeah, I'm done. I'm not playing for you anymore. Why? There has to be some form of control. For sure. On this. Yeah. You know, was it you who brought up Paul Pierce earlier today? One of you brought up Paul Pierce. I didn't. I don't think Marcus? I, Marcus I, is, Paul Pierce. I think you did. I did? Uh, In some <laughs> aspect, but it's, it was just going to transition to the next topic. Yes. Paul Pierce says that Miami is a first-round exit after the Damian Lillard trade. True or false? Oh, that's I false. Think, uh, it's false. That's completely false. Yeah. Paul Pierce is a hater. He is like yeah, a, wow. a huge hater true. of anybody. Any anything that Paul George couldn't do in, when he was in the league, he hates on it. He he just <laughs> hates on it. I I don't like Paul Pierce. Sorry, I said Paul George because you got me hooked. Oh, yeah. Paul Pierce is a hater. He is such a hater of all things success. I do think that the Heat lose a little bit. Like they will lose their bench, but. Damian Lillard, Bam Adebayo, Jimmy Butler is such a successful group right there that I think yeah, fits well. there's no first-round exit is crazy to me. Especially in the East. The East is kind of mid, yeah, in my nice. opinion. You got the Celtics, you got the Heat. I think the Cavs will be up next year. Mm-hmm. And then you got the 76ers, depending on what they do with James Harden. Even the, the East only has a few teams that really have a chance because i would the heat they will not there's no way they do this cinderella thing that they did last year i don't care that's not gonna happen again and i'm a i'm a heat fan that is not gonna happen i think it's totally gonna be different i mean i don't know how the bucks gonna be the bucks too yeah okay maybe the east isn't as mid as i thought it was yeah but so after how are they gonna be after just firing probably their winning head coach and not their winning head coach but one their winning head coach buttonhauser i don't know how and seeing the Knicks. So, yeah, it's kind of mid at this point. I mean, there's a lot of changes. A lot of, coach, a lot of coaches losing their jobs yeah. right off the bat. So, it's like things are really changing around the NBA. Jake Marinigo, do not ever say that the Hawks are a successful team in the East again. I don't want to hear it. This kid, <laughs> I mean, for those of you who don't know who Jake Marinigo is, Jake Marinigo came onto the scene randomly one day and has listened to our show every single week for almost a over a year now. It has to be. It might be about a year. I, I couldn't believe that, though, because they finally find the right guy to be your head coach. That's Quinn Snyder. And he's yeah, been one of the best Okay, head that coaches. is a good point. That he's is a been one of the point. best coaches in the league for a long time. I will definitely give you that. Yeah, Quinn Snyder like is a proven winner. Mm-hmm. And he, he just tweeted, they made the conference title two years ago. Yeah, well, they got bounced in the play-in this year, so I don't want to hear it. Yeah. They got bounced yeah. in the play-in, buddy. They're not. <laughs> there's many teams ahead of them, yeah. Mr. Jake Murray and a goat. But I think I it could be first-round exit is not accurate. I don't think they'll make it back to the finals, honestly. Yeah. I think this is going to be... This might be the Bucks or 76ers year. We say that every single year, but it could be the Bucks or 76ers. Who would yeah. early thoughts? Who are you taking out of the East? Uh, I would go with the Bucks. They brought back all their pieces together, but yeah. like Celtics are definitely a team to look out for as well. Uh, I'll say the Celtics. Celtics, yeah. yeah so the Bucks after firing Buddenhauser, though, it's just I don't know. I was going too far firing Buddenhauser. It's just yeah. 
And it wasn't too long ago what they won it all. So it's just, right. yeah. That's a new trend, too, that successful coaches just get fired now. Yeah. I don't understand it, but I think, yeah, the Bucks scare me a little bit because of the new coaching situation and stuff. I would say Boston is probably my favorite. I would still put Miami in the top four, maybe. But I don't think that they're they'll be. There, yeah. yeah, I don't think they'll be as successful. I'm I'm bringing the Cavs way up. I think the Cavs have a great year this year. Oh, yeah, Their yeah, signings in the yeah. off season have been great. Niang is a great signing. Uh, bringing in Max Struess is a great signing. They got Ty Jerome on the bench now. There's they're going to be a very good team oh, yeah, next absolutely. year. They filled the needs. They did fill all of their needs. Oh, yeah. yeah, Max Struess will provide something that they were missing for sure. Mm-hmm. The only problem with the Cavs is Jared Allen scares me. Jared yeah, Allen. Yeah, yeah, I don't know what happened to him. I, I would trade Jared Allen for the right deal, honestly, if it came yeah, about for I the Cavs. Too. I love him, but it, I really Same, do. Yeah. But if it came about, I I would probably trade Jared Allen. Fair. Trade that recently happened, though, a very odd one, is Chris Paul is a warrior. And Chris mm-hmm. Paul is reportedly saying that he's going to start for the Warriors. Now, for those non-basketball fans... The Golden State Warriors have Steph Curry and Klay Thompson in their starting lineup. Where is Chris Paul going? I mean, is maybe where are you putting Chris Paul? Maybe at? move Clay down to the three. Maybe yeah, you want to move. You want to be yeah. that small um, of a lineup, though. Yeah, that's pretty small. I don't know how. How you guys? <laughs> I don't know how. Chris Paul needs to accept that he is older now. Right. He still thinks yeah. that he's like New Orleans Chris Paul or yeah. or Clippers Chris Paul. He's just not that anymore. At some point, you just have to accept that. You're going to have to sit on the bench. You got traded to probably one of the top five teams in the NBA, and they don't need you to start. They really no. don't. No. They, there's no – that doesn't fit. Him coming off the bench could be awesome for the Warriors. He just needs to accept that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. If you really think about it, Chris Ball as a bench player makes your team sound pretty good. Yeah. I'll and so. he's got all the knowledge. He's got relationships with so many people. He can – I like Draymond Green's take a lot that Chris Paul can help Jonathan Kaminga develop a lot because that's another talent of Chris yeah. Paul's. Is oh, he yeah, brings the best out sure. of young players. Look at what he did for even DeAndre Ayton. DeAndre Ayton got so much more mature when Chris Paul got yeah. there. Devin Booker got so much more mature when Chris Paul got there. Yeah, I think Chris Paul can help develop the Warriors' younger core, but he needs to accept this bench role, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Another guy that's been, he's a little bit older, used to be a superstar, is John Wall. He is holding a workout for many NBA teams. Pick any team in the league. Who do you think can use John Wall right now at this point in his career? Uh, I would go with the Celtics because I think um, they have they need a backup point guard. I would say. I mean, Payne Pritchard, he's their backup right now, but I think their bench is pretty is a little weak, and I think uh, um, John Wall could help them be a veteran presence in that locker room. I think with his style, I think the Pacers. Honestly, Ooh. I mean, it's a, they're Ooh. big. They're a big guard. The Pacers are making some strides. Yeah, yeah. like and that's a team that is a big guard heavy at depth, is heavy at that position. But I think Wall, with how long he's been around the league, I think he use that leadership, he used his experience as like an advantage for the younger players. Yeah, I can see John Wall ending up. They, they, it's he's gonna again another guy that has to accept that he's not gonna be a yeah. starter. He needs right. to find a team Definitely. that is just gonna use his leadership and bring him off the bench because. I, I could even see him. I could end up seeing him go back to Washington just as kind of a farewell thing. Well, that'd be cool. Yeah. Not even a farewell, but he—that's a good roster that he could help develop right now. He could, he could help with Jordan Poole immensely. Oh, they got yeah. Kyle Kuzma over there. 
the Warriors are in a total rebuild. I mean, not the Warriors, excuse me. The Wizards are in a total mm-hmm. rebuild phase right now, and John Wall could be very, very beneficial. But it's another guy that needs to kind of know his role in a sense. Yeah. And before we close out, probably one of the most interesting takes I've heard in a while, Kevin Durant says his most underrated player he's ever played with was Jeremy Lamb. Do you agree or disagree with this? And if you disagree, who would you say is more underrated? Most underrated? Wait, who said this? Kevin Durant said the most underrated player he's ever played with was Jeremy, Jeremy, Lamb, Jeremy Lamb on the Thunder. I mean, it's hard to disagree his own with career. Oh. I would say, I, mean. I don't know. I think uh, I, it's a good pick. Serge Ibaka at yeah, the time was pretty underrated. Yeah, he wasn't bad. True. Jeremy yeah, Lamb. Jeremy Lamb. It's one of those weird Kevin Durant takes, honestly, in yeah, my yeah. opinion. I mean, we don't know, though. Kevin we Durant, don't know. Yeah. Indeed. Kevin Durant might know something we don't about him. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, that's going to wrap up our show for today. We talked an hour of MLB baseball, talked a lot of NBA. Any final thoughts before we get off the air, guys? Uh, not much. I was just happy to be here. Really thrilled. College football is in two seasons. I mean, you you saw what Marvin Harrison Jr. did last year. Here's another transfer, a, a son of another football legend you should watch out for, USC Trojans, Brandon Rice, the son of Jerry Rice. Okay. Look out for okay. him. Since Georgia has it, is with the Vikings now, look out for Brandon Rice to put up those same type of numbers. Absolutely. And McKay Williams is going to put up big oh, numbers man. all day for the Trojans. Absolutely. Guys, I like to end all of my shows that I host with a quote. This week's quote is, you get in life what you have the courage to ask for. That's from Oprah Winfrey. Go out, be great, be kind. Do everything you need to do to make your life more successful. Also, a quick shout-out to my sister. It is her 16th birthday today. Happy birthday, Olivia, and I'll see you later today. Hope you're having a great day. That's going to do it for today's show. Once again, I'm your host, Logan Congrove. Joining me was... Jonathan Hirsch. Marcus Anderson. And we will be right back here, same time, same place, next